Welcome back to another episode of the Launch Podcast. This is Kayla Hofrey, Assistant Director for the UConn School of Business based on the Hartford campus. And I'm Jose Aponte, Academic Advisor at the School of Business in the Stores campus. Today we're speaking with three representatives from three really exciting and developing fields of business. Caitlin Speaker, who represents our new FinTech program here at UConn, Anna Radzawilowicz, who represents our data analytics program, and John Prelly, who we spoke to about our financial risk management program. We had this opportunity to be able to meet with these different representatives to kind of touch base on, as Kayla said, these emerging business trends that are coming out. The purpose of today is for you to get an understanding of the businesses and the program behind what these actual degrees are. Yeah. And I, I think it's great, Jose, that um, we decided to take a broader approach to these conversations rather than focusing on the specific academic like master's programs that UConn offers. You as students might be inspired to learn more about analytics uh, after hearing our conversation with Dr. Rod Zawilowicz, for example. But maybe for you, that means you're pursuing the analytics minor during your undergrad degree, or maybe you're doing the analytics summer program, or maybe you're pursuing an internship where you can build those skills. So we didn't want to make it so narrow. We really wanted to present you this information so that you can see what opportunities there are, what career paths exist for you, and make the best choices for your academic and professional development accordingly. We wanted to make sure that this was a broader approach and having students understand that, you know, there's workshops that they can do as an undergrad. There, there are certificates that they can earn. There are perspectives through a study abroad experience that might give them some of these kind of perspectives on things. So there's ways that we can tailor what we're going to be talking about in these, in these conversations where it's not just those grad school programs. That being said, the grad school programs are really cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was looking at the curriculum for the fintech program yesterday because it's new and I'm not yeah. as familiar with it. And there's some interesting overlap in the courses that they take for the fintech program and the way that they are the same courses for the for the analytics project management yeah. program, for example. Um, and then, of course, there's the cryptocurrency and the blockchain subjects. And I just think it's such a cool and new emerging field. I'm, I'm proud that UConn is on the cutting edge of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really in- interesting to see all the, the avenues that the students can kind of go into um, and, and what they're able to get out of these experiences. So it's, it's going to be fun to see. So without further ado, please enjoy these conversations with Caitlin, Anna, and John about the financial risk management field, the analytics field, and the fintech field. What is your name and affiliation with UConn? So hello, my name is Caitlin Speaker and I am the program coordinator for the Master's in Financial Technology FinTech program at the UConn Graduate School of Business. Start us off by telling us what is FinTech? What is financial technology? Of course, so financial technology, FinTech, is really used to describe new technology that seeks to improve and automate the delivery and use of financial services. So at its core, FinTech is utilized to help companies, business owners, and consumers better manage their financial operations. So to give a simple and well-known example, Venmo uses specialized software and algorithms to provide a technical service to a financial application. However, 
In addition to traditional financial models, fintech is also a way of thinking. It's a way of thinking about how we operate business in the world of increasing connectivity and demand for digital acceleration. So really, you know, at its core, fintech and all of the skills that are used in the finance sector and, and tech and business, it's fintech is really how it's applied. How are we increasing our transparency or reducing friction, really applying those data skills and business acumen skill sets to the world of fintech? More specifically, what types of businesses and industries rely on fintech and people with financial technology skills? Would it be like wealth management or corporate finance or? Right. So with this knowledge that fintech is a way of thinking, fintech can really be looked at as an umbrella term. So in addition to traditional finance applications, this can also include applications in insurance technology, regulatory technology, medical technology, and even real estate technology. So fintech is really that knowledge base that can be applied to a multitude of disciplines over one overarching ecosystem. What are some of the unexpected or unique ways that a company might use these types of insights? That's a great question. So for example, in fintech, if you would like to work with AI, artificial intelligence, drones, and satellites for proactive risk management, that falls into the insure tech realm. And if you want to deploy distributed ledger technology, blockchain, and smart contracts, that's fintech. Another example is if you'd like to use cloud computing to combine bank information from transactions to suspected money laundering that predicts potential risk areas that a bank should focus on, that's reg tech, regulatory technology. What types of job prospects exist for students who study fintech? What type of position could somebody hold? So there are jobs as app app developers, financial analysts, data specialists, cybersecurity analysts, but obtaining a knowledge base in fintech really lends itself to work in areas across the board. So what we're really seeing is a large gap in industry talent in this space. So a competitive candidate to an employer in the finance or technology sectors today is an individual that has the ability to understand and speak both of these languages, along with certain ancillary technologies, such as blockchain, crypto, cyber, and the like. You've introduced yourself as this new person at the university uh, in terms of the financial technology program, and we'd love that you're coming in here telling us what is financial technology. So what can you tell us specifically about the program within MS and FinTech at UConn, and what other opportunities may exist for someone that is interested in this financial technology realm? Our dean, John Elliott, alludes to the fact that UConn considers its institution as one of the economic engines of the state. So to do this, the university really needs to be in constant communication with industry to seek out demand for talent and how to make students as competitive as possible when they're entering the workforce. So with this in mind, the UConn Graduate School of Business decided to launch a 36 credit master's program in financial technology that is really designed to meet the needs of a world of dynamic growth and innovation in this sphere. And it's worth noting that there are only a handful of programs in the world and just a few in the United States that are offering a full specialized master's program in this discipline. So UConn is really excited to contribute to the growth in this space and give students the opportunity to obtain the skills they need to really make an impact in this industry. We get students that are pursuing business through a business program. 
We have students pursuing business through our minors. We have students that are interested in business, but not necessarily in a business program. And so we talk about those different pathways to business. So, you know, in that regard, what kind of students would excel in this kind of field, you know, outside of just the traditional business school students as well? Absolutely. And this is a question that we get a lot. And to look at the type of students that will excel in the field of fintech, it's important to first look at the recent trends that we're seeing in industry. So it's important to understand a lot of these technologies and applications, they've been around for a while. But what is really changing is the willingness for more established companies to work with other innovative and creative establishments. So there used to be this past culture that companies need to keep their work in-house and that it was unique and proprietary. And this may be the case, but what many larger organizations have discovered is that due to the nature of te technology changing so rapidly, they don't have the dexterity to be able to pivot as rapidly as some of these small startup and mid-size organizations. So as a result, the willingness that these large organizations have to partner with those smaller companies has created this ecosystem and network that is really forming in both the traditional finance sector, as well as insurance companies that are looking at things differently specifically working to innovate and reduce friction in their respective sectors. So with that being said, we envision a student in the world of FinTech that would excel will have an aptitude and interest to work in both the technical and financial business fields, but also will be entrepreneurial in mindset. So a student that is entrepreneurial in mindset possesses the necessary business acumen and can understand technologies available will be an invaluable asset to the world of FinTech. So I like to say an individual that can not only code, but know how to apply that code to contribute to address challenges, reduce friction, and increase productivity and transparency. So this lends itself to students from a variety of backgrounds, such as quantitative business, political science, sociology, engineering, and even English uh, to obtain information and skills they need to be successful in their area of interest. It sounds like we're looking for people who have really good like collaboration skills and like problem solving, critical thinking, uh, some of those, some of those soft skills uh, too. So that's really Absolutely. exciting. Yeah. yeah, it's very important to have, you know, both the interest in working with tech and the interest in communicating, project management, um, working in the business and finance sphere with that entrepreneurial umbrella over it. For the UConn program in particular, do students need a full-time work experience at this time before they can apply or? So for the UConn Masters in FinTech program, you do not need any prior work experience to apply to the program. What you would need is a four-year accredited bachelor's degree with no major requirements. So we're really looking to recruit from students from all different types of backgrounds that want to get into this work. Um, and we do require one course completed in either calculus or statistics with a grade of C or better. Is there a GMAT GRE requirement or anything? There is no GMAT GRE requirement for the 2022 academic year. This program sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really excited about it. We're going to be launching our first intake of students for the spring 2022, so starting in January. And we're really excited to look at the growth and trajectory of this program um, as it evolves. We'll be doing our full launch in both Hartford and Stanford, Connecticut in um, the fall of 2022. 
So what we tried to do at UConn is really create this well-blended program that sits in both our operations and information management department and our finance department to really have, have this well-rounded, robust curriculum for students. I think that's really exciting that students don't need to be a particular major or like, I mean, a statistics class or a calculus class, like oh, most students would have that. So right. it's, um, I just think that's cool that like a political science major could come up and, and go into this program. We're trying to really tell this story that not only do you need a quantitative background or a business background to be able to succeed in this space. I think it's also important when you get all these different people in the same classroom, then you're going to have different ideas flowing, right? And so you're going to have this diversity of culture coming through through these ideas of, hey, I was an English major, and I was a business major, and I was an engineering major, and like, this is the way we did things, and how can we collaborate? Absolutely, without a doubt. And we don't require a work experience for the program, so you can come in right out of undergrad, but we're also seeing a lot of interest for of people that are have been working in industry for 10 years. Yep. Right, we're seeing lawyers and we're seeing bankers come back and really want to leverage up in their space and get the necessary skills they need. Like, for example, underwriting, right? Yep. People are noticing that this industry can be completely automated in the future. So, if they're working as an underwriter, they want to be able to say, Hey, what can I do to become relevant in this space and, and really leverage up? We want to really foster this co learning and networking environment from students from a variety of backgrounds. And I think it's one of the important things that UConn has done in the past is seeing this need early, like you talked about, working with these our constituents in the corporations and Fortune 500 companies is like, what is your greatest need? Exciting to UConn is still seeing, still looking towards the future and what other growth opportunities we have out there. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I really hope and we hope that this program will, will serve that need. I'm Anna Radziwilowicz and I'm an operations and information management faculty with obviously UConn and teaching in the MS BAPM program and the BDA programs. And I also serve as the academic director of our BDA, so that's business data analytics program at the Waterbury and Hartford campuses. Anna, so here's the, the big question. What is analytics? <laughs> well, I guess in a nutshell, you could say it's the process of discovering and interpreting and communicating significant patterns and data. And it helps us see meaningful insights and opportunities that we might not otherwise detect. Also allowing us to make informed decisions in the business industry. And just general, really in any industry, doesn't have to be in the business industry. As we think about analytics, what types of businesses really rely on analytics and people with analytical skills? And I'm also thinking, how, how are they using these analytics and, and, and maybe some, some unexpected ways that we're not thinking about as well? There isn't one industry that analytics is used in. It's actually used in every industry. So from finance to agriculture, to retail, to oil, to, to anything really that you could think of. You could have analytics across any position within any industry and companies will use it in so many different ways. They use it to really better understand their customers, to maybe evaluate their ad campaigns, to personalize content, to create content strat uh, strategies, to develop their products and overall increase sales and reduce costs and find out demand, all of that kind of stuff. So there's lots of different ways that companies can use analytics. And specifically, let's just say, for example, healthcare industry. Uh, for healthcare, uh, in the healthcare analytics, we can 
improve uh, patient care, make faster and more accurate diagnoses, and sort of have preventive measures. Um, we can do some predictability, manage the spread of disease. So things like COVID, which is everything that everybody kind of talks about these days, you know, being able to predict how many people potentially might get sick within a specific area or perhaps with different backgrounds. So this is what analytics allows us to do. Also, it allows us to uncover many new opportunities. It could help us look at work in a different way that we have never really looked, you know, to have done things a different, do them a different way. It could uh, help the organization compete in a different way. Uh, it also allows us to have dashboards and visualization, which can ultimately help sort of show signals to the company if something is going in the wrong direction or in the right direction, if they're, you know, say surpassing some of their sales or if they're um, under in some specific areas. Um, it will give us that big business sort of landscape. All of those things are really what analytics will allow us to do. Anna, one time I heard you give um, a really cool example. I think we were at an open house. So actually, um, I think more specifically, that was an example with Priceline. We did a data challenge. Uh, this was moons ago uh, with the MS Bapin program. And what uh, the challenge was to see how they could draw customers and increase demand across their pages. And so what they were capturing on the page was if anybody was to go to priceline.com, they were capturing the mouse movement across the page um, and then using that data on how long, for example, the mouse was hovering over a specific item or in a specific location or over a specific campaign to then later predict, okay, was the person looking for flights or stays or cars and then sort of building their campaign and their strategy around those insights that they were getting from the data across that website. But ultimately, yes, Amazon does the same thing. Any company really online does the same thing. And then you know how sometimes you go to Amazon and then on the sidebar, you see things pop up and things that you have maybe searched on a week ago or just a few days ago. Let's just, let's just for example, say you were looking for skis. And then a week later, you log on to look for something totally different on Amazon, but you have this advertisement about skis. Well, they've kind of tailored that marketing campaign towards you because they've seen that you have in the past looked at skis. So that's kind of like the predictability or the usage of data and insights to be able to potentially entice you in a specific way, but also predicting that, yes, you're maybe a skier, maybe looking for skis in the near future, and yes, it's maybe winter, <laughs> so yeah. they'll push something your way. So that's how a company can potentially use analytics, right? They, they take all this data, they split it up, um, slice it and dice it really is what we would call it, and, and try to draw some insights out of that. So I imagine that those sorts of skills are so in demand by companies, like um, they want job applicants that, that know how to analyze that data. What job prospects exist for students who study analytics? Right, and you're correct in saying that, yes, um, every company would like to see that. And there's lots of job prospects, I think, to come. There's really um, a huge growth. There has been a huge growth over the last few years. And I know that according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they say that the job title of data analyst um, will see a 20% growth through 2028. So we still have about few, you know, six years to go. So we still will see a growth and it's really a much bigger growth than any other job title out there. So there is lots and lots of potential, but it is 
a job that is very much in demand because it will help companies and every company really wants to increase their bottom line or reduce costs, right? Ultimately, it's optimizing you know, sales and, and reducing their, their costs to, to better their organization. Not only that, right? I mean, you have also other things that you wanna focus on within the organization, but there's other titles, I guess, that students can look for when they're looking for data analytics. I mean, you could be looking for being a data scientist, a machine learning engineer. You could be looking for logistics and analysts. You could be looking for marketing analysts. All of those different job roles are very much in demand across any industry. So anybody who has a passion for a specific industry can learn data analytic skills and apply it within that industry that they like. So they don't have to go to a specific industry. That's the beauty of of analytics is you don't have to study to be in a specific industry. You could even move across industries and take those skills anywhere. I'm actually going to backtrack for a second because I, I just have to say that now I, I have something that I can point to often to my wife when she's trying to buy something. She says it's fate that the ad is appearing up on her <laughs> Facebook feed. In all seriousness, no. strategized on it. <laughs> <laughs> they put it right in front of her so she could purchase it. <laughs> Absolutely. So as we see these students start thinking about these job prospects that they kind of want to go into or, or looking for these opportunities, what are some of the opportunities that exist here at UConn for students that are interested in analytics? I know you've mentioned your, your involvement with BD, BDA and MS BAPM, but if you can just kind of give us kind of a purview of what kind of opportunities are out there for students here on campus. Sure, so we have workshops in the BDA program and at the grad level, the MS BAPM program, and there's also the data analytics club um, that has uh, on-site and off-site workshops or events that we have hosted. Um, with COVID, it's a little bit different. Things are kind of up and down. And But any student can participate in the workshop. Any student can participate in any school-wide event that is related to data analytics. And we also have data challenges. For example, spring 2020, or sorry, spring 2021, where we analyzed Connecticut data. Um, and we wanted the students to see what kind of insights they could derive of that. So we didn't really have a specific solution that they were that we were looking for the students to solve, but we are just wanting them to come up with some descriptive statistics. So they could, any student can really get involved with, with that data challenge. There's also our program, of course, uh, at the undergrad level, we have our MIS program, BDA program, along with the minors in uh, business data analytics. And then we also have the four plus one program um, where any student who's an undergrad can go into our um, plus one year for the graduate program in MS BAPM or other programs as well. And of course, we also have our graduate program, but let me just go back to workshops. We also, when, when it comes to workshops, we have workshops in specific softwares. We, we've had them in Tableau, we've had them in Jump, we've had them in R, and we've had various faculty along with some graduate students who would hold some of these workshops for our undergraduate students. So it's always a good learning experience, and we welcome anybody and everybody who has an interest to join to, to come and join us. What types of students would you say would excel in the field of analytics? That's a hard one <laughs> because it really could be any student. Uh, we've seen students from a variety of different backgrounds, but I guess I would say personality-wise, somebody who is inquisitive, somebody who is passionate for finding answers, finding solutions, finding sort of insights and patterns um, within data, somebody who loves maybe doesn't necessarily love the coding, but loves the aspect of data and looking into data and finding things. But you don't really need an experience in anything to go into the field of analytics. You 
will get all of your knowledge that you need or that you would need for the career within the BDA program or the graduate level MS Babin program doesn't have to be a specific type of student with a specific type of background. You could certainly come from economics, you could come from the arts, or you could come from business or even agriculture or whatever other background that you have. My name is John Prelly. I am now a full-time faculty member in the finance department. I just completed 40 years of service at IBM, 20 years of which were an executive in finance, supply chain, development engineering, regulatory compliance. So I have a very, very diverse background. And before joining UConn as a full-time faculty member last year, I was an adjunct professor at UConn for seven years. And I currently teach in the graduate business programs, including the MS in financial risk management, the uh, various MBA programs, and also the FinTech programs. I want to go right into our what we're here for and have you to tell us what is risk management? Thank you, Jose. I, I like to keep it simple. I use in, in various programs, the definition of risk being a future event that results in a disruption to an organization's operations and or loss to the enterprise. So very, very simple. Um, now, uh, I want to go a little bit further, though, that given that risk is a future event, there is both an element of science and art or creativity when identifying an enterprise's risks. A perfect example is what we've been living through in the last few years now. Uh, how many businesses around the world successfully predicted the COVID-19 pandemic and all of its implications, such as the supply chain disruptions? So I, I think that's a great example that we are living through today on risk. And then to extend it just a little bit further, this additional discipline of risk management, risk management being the identification, evaluation, and prioritization of risks. And once you understand your risks for your enterprise, you want to coordinate the application of resources to be able to minimize that risk, monitor risk, or in some cases, you may have an opportunity to benefit from a certain risk. Think again about the risk of the pandemic. I mean, clearly it's been devastating to many families and had a significant impact on, on businesses such as the travel industry. However, what about a company like Zoom? or Cisco WebEx, the demand for these services have skyrocketed due to remote working. So in this case, the risk of the pandemic created an opportunity for this, these enterprises. As a result, risks do not always result in a negative impact to enterprises. When I used to work with a financial management program, and I remember when I used to go talk to some students about the the opportunities that they could have in different industries, you know, we really talked about being able to take this anywhere. 
what types of businesses and industries rely on risk and people with these skills? How is risk management used in those areas? You know, UConn Financial Risk Management Program was created about 10 or 11 years ago, primarily because of the financial crisis of 2007 and 2008, and the realization that financial institutions and all enterprises needed to better manage their financial risks. However, since the financial crisis, enterprises have expanded their risk management programs to include a much broader set of risks. Let's talk about uh, five different examples. Strategic risk, the disruption of a company or industry based on technology. Think about what has happened to the taxi cab industry as a result of Uber and Lyft and a significant disruption to the way in which consumers used to take uh, taxis. Another one, supply chain risks. And there's many examples of this right now, particularly the current semiconductor shortages that are impacting many, many businesses. Technology risks. And these typically include cybersecurity risks. As enterprises have become more and more digital, there is the risk of their systems being hacked and their trade secrets being stolen or damaged to their infrastructure. Hazard risks, particularly given the more severe weather events of the last 15 or 20 years. So companies having to prepare for these hazard risks. And then also regulatory risks. As governments increase the regulation on the use of technology and protecting citizens' privacy, this is also something that companies have to manage. Now, I am very fortunate that I get to teach a graduate course in the FRM program on enterprise risk management. And we define, analyze the various enterprise risks, discuss ways companies can mitigate these risks, or as I said before, leverage them as opportunities. And we do this analysis across multiple industries. We do it in the aircraft industry. We do it in the oil and oil services industry. We do it in the technology industries. So it's really across industries. And then you ask, you know, where graduates of these types of programs can use these skills. Well, frankly, I would argue that all companies look for candidates with risk management skills since the COVID-19 pandemic. And its impact to all businesses has kind of awakened companies to the requirement of having to anticipate and manage risks. And so I think that there's plenty of, of opportunities. You've talked about the financial risk management program as an aspect and students can go into that kind of risk field. So I want to kind of touch base on some of the opportunities that exist for current UConn students interested in risk. So can you touch base on some of those options for students? I'd like to say that the job prospects for students that have developed some knowledge on risk, the job prospects are very, very vast. 
However, whenever I'm coaching students relative to their career, I, I encourage these students who are in the various risk management programs or even the fintech programs to think more broadly about the skills that they have developed. I'll focus on two skills, right? One, number one, critical thinking and being able to analyze a business problem, understand the key drivers, and develop creative solutions. So critical thinking is something that you learn in risk management, but it is completely transferable skill. Another skill is just broad analytical skills, particularly based on some of the financial modeling courses in the financial risk management program. But, you know, we, we in my class do some analytical techniques in terms of ways to quantify the various risks. And both of these skills can be applied to help enterprises identify and mitigate risk, but are also valuable to companies with jobs in areas such as becoming a financial analyst, a business analyst, consulting. So I think students need to understand and appreciate that they're not limited to jobs in the financial and insurance industries. What type of students do you think excel the best in the field of risk? I know, I know you've talked talk about some of those like critical thinking skills and analytical skills. Are there any other like skills or or ways that you think students should be better prepare themselves for those kinds of careers? A little bit about me. I have a degree in electrical engineering from WPI in Worcester, Massachusetts, and an MBA in finance from Cornell University. So given my analytical mindset, I tend to approach risk and risk management analytically. However, this is not a prerequisite for success in risk management. As I mentioned from the outset, risk management is both a science and an art. And successful risk management requires analysis of risk using multiple perspectives or looking at risks through many different lenses. Some of the best students that I have had in my courses that I've been teaching have backgrounds in economics, general business topics, healthcare, and engineering. So I think the most important skill to be successful in enterprise risk management is really just an intellectual curiosity about how companies identify, prioritize, and mitigate the risks that they encounter today and in the future. 